0: Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, you'll have ad-free episodes, and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes.
1: On the one hand, I'll say we didn't have product market fit. But we didn't have product market fit because we never even had a chance to test it to figure out what we could do better because we were always trying to make it better before we launched it. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
2: Hi, my name is Brian Switchko of One Inc. We are a creative cohort and storytelling studio based in Los Angeles. I've been a listener of the We Are La Tech podcast since the beginning. I've been a member of the We Are La Tech community since the beginning. I am so happy and grateful to have known Esprit and watched the genesis of both. Um, but I've remained a listener because of the warmth that she Shares with her listeners and her audience, but also the space that she makes uh, for her, her guests and the stories that come from that. And then also to know that those stories aren't just stories, they aren't just content. Uh, They're a part of a community and that community is something that can be experienced in so many different ways. And the times that I've been able to meet other people and connect with them from the community have resulted in meaningful relationships and potent business partnerships and so many situations where I can track back person to person, situation to situation over months and years. Um and, and just point to a spree as the catalyst for for what you know you look back and it's just it's just magic. Uh I'm so happy and grateful for a spree and the We are LA Tech community. I will continue listening, participating, and happily cheering for a very long time to
0: come. Lately I've been so busy from you know being there for my family and running business stuff, and on really busy days I feel I'm busy, period. There's no time for me. And I stopped today. I was actually doing something for someone in my family. And one of my friends wrote and asked me, have I done something for myself today? And I thought, done something for myself? Of course not. I've been racing around for my family. And then I'm like, wait, he's like, well, you should do something for yourself tonight. And I thought, why? Why is it? that I don't even make 30 minutes for self-care, like 30 minutes. Of course I can make 30 minutes, right? And so I thought, and I don't want it to be like a zombie task, like watching YouTube videos or Hulu or whatever it is. I, wanna, I want it to be rejuvenating, whether it be meditation or a walk or, you know, lucky enough to live in L.A., to the beach, although I think that would take longer than 30 minutes, but something I could fit like super easy in 30 minutes, whatever it may be. Maybe it's even read. That's time for me. I love to read. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to work on 30 minutes a day dedicated to self-care no matter how busy I am, because I should never be too busy to have time to just like love on myself for 30 minutes. I mean, that makes me a better leader, a better person, a better friend more compassionate, calmer, a better communicator. So, yeah, that's my little personal spot for the day. Enjoy the next episode. Bye. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest. No joke, it's one of my favorite people in Los Angeles. I have known him forever. Welcome back, Dave.
1: Wow. I don't know if I can match that energy, but, uh, and by the way, Esprit, you are one of my favorite people too. So this is like a really good, this is a really good match. I feel like we've got something going here. So thank you for swiping right at me today. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> David and I have known each other forever. I'm so excited because I have so many questions. First of all, my first question is, did I just blow out the mic in your ears? <laughs> you know what no
1: so maybe maybe our system maybe this squad cast thing actually has a way (laughs) of blocking that so it's got like sensitivity or something so not an issue i'm okay
0: all right so okay This is why I'm so hyped. So everybody, this is going to kind of be like a part one of a part two because part one is going to be all about Dave and me being curious about like what WTF is Dave up to. And then part two is going to be about Bioscience LA, which is what Dave is up to. And I'm going to be at Bioscience and I'm going to be walking around and get the full bioscience experience. A lot of people know I have this iconic green leafy background that everyone thinks is real. It is from Dave. Last time I saw you, (laughs) you had a fitness company (laughs) that was like about to take over the world and virtual and it was right before the pandemic and I was thinking about you. You were moving offices and I was thinking about you and I'm like, wow, Dave really like scored it big with the pandemic and a fitness company. He must be doing amazing. Then a year later, because we're all in our own world in the pandemic – I see on Twitter, maybe it was even like a year and a half. There's no time in pandemic. It's kind of like a Zoom forward, literally Zoom. I see on Twitter all this Bioscience LA. I was like, what's up with Dave? Like what's Bioscience LA and what happened to the fitness company? I thought he was scoring bags of cash with his fitness in the pandemic. So Dave. What's wow, like? a
1: lot—a lot to unpack there. So, uh, well, yeah, we'll we'll back, we'll back up to uh, yeah. You're—I'm giving you the green wall uh, and a and an amazing air conditioner that hopefully yes, you're either using it. or will be using. All right, nice. And I have your remote control here, so
0: I use it like crazy. You have no idea. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. What I love, the only reason we're doing a part two at Bioscience LA is so you can actually pick up the remote control that I've been holding (laughs) on to for now two and a half years waiting for this moment. I'm so
0: excited. and Why have we not seen it? Well, we haven't seen each other because of obvious world reasons, but I'm so excited to see your face right now, virtually even, but I can't wait to see it It in person. It is very
1: cool. Looking forward to the in-person, but yeah, so backing up. So rebel labs, we had this amazing product rebel 360, we were developing the kind of the the all in one fitness wellness solution, which in some ways was like so much a culmination of a lot of what I've been doing in terms of connecting the dots between you know, what did they used to say? The, you know, intersection of of technology, health and wellness. And so that was very much what we were doing.
0: They still have your yoga mat in my, I love it. It's one of my favorite yoga mats. Awesome.
1: That's an awesome yoga mat. So, uh, my, my wife loves this (laughs) as well, although she's replaced that with her, with her Peloton yoga mat. And I'm not going to turn this into, um, let's, let's put in our plug for Peloton and base camp, uh, you know, they are informal sponsors <laughs> Whatever you and I talk. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Pal- oh, my lot, God, my a lot babe, of <laughs> but, uh, Because, yeah, we, we were almost ready for the pandemic from a Rebel Lab standpoint in that we had this great online, you know, app-based fitness, nutrition, yoga, cooking. It was like we had created the perfect way to be healthy at home, except that, We had no money to market it because we had spent all of our money on content or on an amazing apartment in Culver City, which uh, used to house the green wall and the air conditioning unit and other stuff. And so, you know, we shifted out of that location. We were struggling to find capital. We had no people. The last day we recorded was September 13th, 2019, according to my uh, photos here, which I think that means that was, that was maybe a couple of days after we realized we weren't going to uh, make payroll for September fifteenth now by the way, we were able to we were able to raise some more capital after that, and uh, you know fast forward we were able to uh, you know get some modest PPP money because uh, you know every business could get PPP money if they fill out the form correctly, and we used that money to invest more into the app and so we actually probably by the end of 2020, we had an even better app that had virtual, like virtual runs in there. And we had uh, some fitness tracking. And so we still have a great app.
0: So it was still alive during the pandemic. Okay. It was. It was
1: alive during the pandemic. And like, I I think I offered a great, you know, discount code to uh, people who were on the last show. I don't think anyone took advantage of that. But, um, you know, we just didn't have users. And, you know, you know, better than a lot of people that You've got to be able to be out there and market and get in front of the right people. And we just didn't have the capital to market. And so, you know, fast forward to now and then I can go back, but you know, the the business the business still exists, but there's no money in the bank account. And Wait, it still exists.
0: The LLC, the bank accounts and all that. So you didn't close it down yet.
1: Right. But founder, CEO. Was living in Nashville when uh, when I, I last saw you because that's where that's where we were sending anything that you you didn't take got put in a you know box car or whatever and you know sent to sent to Nashville. Um, he's in New York right now. He's he was you know trying to transition the business. So there's there's still a we or he slash advised by me. We're looking at a couple potential. I'll, I'll call them buyers, um, but. Uh, they're probably not going to listen to this podcast, but uh, you know they're probably call them pennies on the dollar is probably being very generous. They're you know they might uh, if they buy it just to be able to like I want this content to live on somewhere, and we had amazing cooking content and yoga. You know it will live on.
0: I mean, you had the most amazing cooking studio. Wait, I don't get it, Dave. Like, why would a virtual fitness company not thrive in 2020 of the pandemic?
1: It's a question that I I wonder because. I'll, I'll say we didn't have the money to market it, which is true, but then, you know, I still come back to this question of, you know, did we did we actually have product market fit? Did we have something that would work the right way? So we had great content, but did people want to consume it in an app like that? You know, did they want to pay for it that way? Did we have enough content because, uh, and I will go back to Peloton for a minute, just because I I, you know, my wife and I are still big, you know, huge peloton users and you know and by the way peloton as of today that we're recording they're trying to sell 15 to 20 percent of their business to someone so they can keep their business afloat
0: wow and their
1: stock is down again today and you know peloton is a huge success story but even it has not been able to fully figure all this out but you know what was peloton doing all during pandemic was continuing to produce content so they were continuing to market their service they were continuing to come up with ways to get people on board and every day they were releasing new content so uh you know we gave up our kitchen in culver city we gave up our yoga studio in culver city we didn't have any of that talent on board because we couldn't pay them and so therefore we had you know the same 75 recipes or 90 recipes or whatever that we had Mid-2019, we still had that in mid-2020, mid-2021. So without new content, people aren't going to come back. That's why you do a podcast every week, right? Nobody wants to listen to the greatest hits of uh, you and I talking over and over. Maybe in they do. 2019 us, they would do that. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I watched something on Peloton where part of the – problem with Peloton during the pandemic was that they had a problem with their shipping suppliers. So then they ended up being late to everybody, which then started to create a bad word and people got frustrated. It's so crazy, you know, this idea of success and failure in our world, because you have companies that succeed like Peloton, like Kodak, until they technically don't. (laughs) So it's like, what does success mean really? What does success mean really? Can success not have to mean infinity?
1: Right, right. That's actually really interesting. And those, those are two really interesting examples, because I'm thinking about, you know, Kodak, you know, which meant a lot in my, you know, in my role when I was, you know, young, and even when you were young, it was still around. And like, so we're still old enough that for the rest of our lives, Kodak will still mean a lot as a as a concept even if you know we don't buy anything from them because there's nothing to buy but then i wonder like i don't know do, will my kids ever know what kodak was and you know my grandchildren you know maybe won't know what kodak was and you know but kodak that was also like you know that was a business that was around for a 100 years or something so peloton's been around for less than 10 or i guess you know 10ish years right and uh, and 10 years, and I think the first like three or four years, it was practically nothing, right? They did a Kickstarter campaign, they sold, you know, people liked what they were doing, but it was still so small. Even when when we got ours, which was, was that, I would say it was, uh, I think it was summer 2017, but maybe it was summer 2018. Like it was still like a relatively niche kind of thing. And it was picking up popularity, but it was still, you know, still a very rare thing. And then as pandemic happened, you know, obviously everyone got one. Um, The interesting thing is, you know, they're still I mean, they're still selling more today than they were a year ago or two years ago. I mean, they're a growing business. They just uh, you know, maybe they got ahead of themselves.
0: Yeah. Like even with inflation or whatever, maybe the cost of their goods is higher, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they are a business that like got uh, you know got a little bit ahead of themselves and thought that you know the growth could last forever, which you know is not the case. And so now they're now they're in this retooling mode, and you know hopefully they'll come out a bit stronger. Uh, although today's news is not so not so great, but I, I they have an amazing product and they have an amazing you know I, I use all I'm such an Apple person and like what do I love about Apple? It's like The hardware and the software and the services and the retail and the brand all work together and they're all amazing and honestly peloton you know is all of that it's hardware it's software it's services the store experience is amazing you know they have i mean they have like apparel that is great i mean you know i like i can't think of many products that like i have a sweatshirt or a shirt that has like the name of like something I would just use and like Peloton, I do.
0: If you could go back in time, I mean, is there something you think you could have done differently? Like like, I know if I could go back in time with Sports, my action sports social network. I mean, I was so ahead of my time being with like Mark Zuckerberg and getting to meet Ev Williams. And I mean, it's insane to me that this is my life, you know? If I could go back in time, I mean, the first thing, I know this sounds so L.A., the first thing I would do is I would have believed in myself more, like I would have believed in myself. I think that was a problem as a leader that I didn't believe. I think the next thing I would have done, Tony Shea taught me this with Zappos He about culture. And I think at the time... I didn't have like a culture code, meaning like an internal one, meaning we meet deadlines. That is part of our culture as a company. Because my creative director at the time, incredibly talented, did not meet deadlines, which then impacted the rest of the people on my team to be like, well, if she lets that person not meet deadlines, why do we got to meet deadlines? And so there were all these operational things I mean, there's so much. I mean, the list goes on of things that I would improve. I, d- I think I did so much right and I did – I think I could have been a better leader at the time. I think there were a lot of – I it was – I had great leadership that I attracted a talented, amazing team and raised money, all these things. And I also had – I had poor operational leadership. Like I had good visionary leadership but poor operational leadership, I think. Yeah. Maybe. And, that, and having – I
1: mean, that's – having the right mix of those because you, you have to have both right because i think you can i mean you can survive on vision for sometimes for a long time and i think you know and, and peloton might be a good example of that right peloton survived more on vision than operations and now it has to switch to operations you know there's companies that may be you, i mean you can have vision and not operations and last for a while You can have operations and not vision, not last very long, but at least be efficient doing it, but you've got to have this mix of both. I mean, for us, it was, you know, interestingly, you talk about sort of the, you know, having, you know, kind of, you know, doing some of those right things in the early days and kind of, you know, getting the right support. I I feel like, you know, for us, we, we did produce amazing content and we produced amazing content, Hollywood quality content on On a shoestring budget, but we still did so much of it that, you know, we literally spent, you know, like a couple million dollars on amazing content. So, okay, it's one thing to say we have, okay, we have like $10 million worth of content that we did for a couple million dollars, but then maybe we could have done half that content and started to, you know, invest in marketing, test. So I think our problem, our problem was we tried to be too perfect and we I used to, I used to joke with the, 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 you know, the CEO, and I had another guy that I actually knew from college, who was like, I had brought in to manage our technology. And he and I would have a lot of these conversations where we were, what's the, the quote is uh, like, done is better than perfect. Yes. So we, um, we were striving for perfection. So therefore we were, we were never done. And so I like to joke that we could have launched the business in 2017 or early 2018 or late 2018 or sometime in 2019. And we were, every time we were ready to launch, we said, no, we, it needs to be more perfect. And so we would instead go off and create some new content or work on some new technology. And so, on the one hand, I'll say we didn't have product market fit. But we didn't have product market fit because we never even had a chance to test it to figure out what we could do better because we were always trying to make it better before we launched it. And so, you know, at that point, it's like, you know, you just you run out of options. And so going back in time, we should have just really forced ourselves to let's just make it happen. And I remember, um, I think, you know, uh, Kalika Yap from Citrus Studios and like uh, you know, Kalika was working on some of our like a, an early website for us, and we were at that point we wanted to have the technology, the content on the on the website, and you know she said in twenty eighteen or whatever it was, just take these first fifteen videos and put them on this simple website and put it in front of people and see how they respond. And you know we said, well no, we've got to we've got to have a paywall, we got to have this, we got to have that. We'll have to wait till we have more content, and so. Like that could have been launch one or somebody else said, let's put this out and and test it. We just never got there. And then by the time it was something that we felt like we really could launch, you know, we had no people, we had no money and therefore, you know, you also can't launch, you know, without, without people, without money. And so, yeah, I wish we could go back and fix that, but it was a really great experience.
0: Yeah, same. Did now, I actually would do the whole thing over again. But I'm curious, did you ever th- think about, I know this sounds wild. <laughs> did you ever think about just putting all those videos on YouTube?
1: Well, that might be the final fallback because, uh, um, yeah, I mean, just to get it out there and and be able to help people. So, yes, that's 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 one. No, no, path, I don't even mean
0: just... like, I, no, Dave, I don't even mean from a philanthropic place. I mean, YouTube is... As far as I know, the only social uh, like uh, content network that prioritized paying creators and a lot of people made a lot of money through YouTube through the pandemic. Yes, we missed the wave. Fine. But still, like, it's a viable way to create monetary worthy content. Like, And then you could even use it, to not that you want to start over the company, but you can use it to pivot people to to another community and off YouTube place. But even if you have it on YouTube alone and you maybe you have someone passionate about YouTube that then recuts it into YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels and all this stuff and maybe you just, all you have is the content you create. Like how many pieces of content would you say you have?
1: Wow, um, we literally have hundreds. Uh, so we have, the, the, the stat we used to use was that we had, uh, we had more content than the entire runtime of game of thrones so just-
0: dude, <laughs> no. dave, dude Dave, just stop no, dave, my, okay wait this is like dave i don't know how many pennies on the dollar these people you're talking to maybe it's worth it but let's just go on a journey for a second my youtube editor cam who is amazing and he's young and great and amazing and i think you'd love him so say there was a world where there was no buyer. I wish for you a buyer, hope they pay a lot of money. But let's just say, I don't have options. I'm sitting on this like Hollywood level, hundreds of hours of content. I no longer have a team debt. What do I do with all this content? I could literally plug you into cam right now Who's like super obsessed with YouTube? He'll cut you up a bunch of Instagram reels and YouTube shorts. And maybe he's even the one that uploads it for you. So you don't do it and show notes or whatever, YouTube descriptions. Just like be like an epic YouTube channel. And like, but like have someone who like is passionate about YouTube that knows how to do all the editing and just be like here. And there's no guarantee, but it's a bigger win than nothing at all, and just sitting out on a on a hard drive. And you have no operations, Dave. Not like me, where it's like, I have to make sure that, like, you know, Mary Sue has her thing. You're just you're just a YouTube channel that some random person in the world views and then YouTube pays you for it. And then some brand may be like, wait, these are great videos. We'll do a brand deal with you. Like, great. We'll do like a little commercial spot in between. Like Cam will cut it up. I just say Cam because I know he's amazing. It's because it feels attainable to me. It's not like I have to go out there and go find the editor. I mean, I am imagine you have a network of editors, but I'm saying, assuming you didn't, it's just, it just seems like, here is my hard drive of YouTube content. Let's schedule this out, and you can even have it be a project. You hire the editor, and the editor cut, makes all these cuts, and then you and this one editor, whoever, schedules out for the next year of content. Just you just see what happens. Interesting.
1: I, I'm uh, you know what? I'm I'm we're getting to try anything. I'm getting to try anything. I just I would love to have people get some value.
0: Is this useful or is this totally? No, this is, I
1: I love, I love thinking about different angles and it, you know, it, it honestly, you know, it, it ties into, well, first of all, it ties into what you are doing, not just with, yeah, we are LA tech, but with, you know, with your entire vision to help, you know, to help podcasters and content creators, and then to foreshadow Bioscience LA in episode two, you know, part of what we want to be doing in Bioscience LA is helping, to create content for the life sciences industry and health tech industry so you know I'm, wait so this would know, be a perfect I, I'm not middle ground it could be i'm not escaping content creation even in my in my new life
0: huh. so this could be a perfect middle ground for you to test out what works and what doesn't work on and so then it doesn't go to complete waste because okay here's where i'm going next is there's a, an amazing program called Creator Now. Creator Now is like this YouTube, YouTuber academy. Let's call it that. It's like an incubator, YouTube, I don't know, whatever. They're awesome. It's run by Eric, who is this incredible YouTuber. He's one of the co-founders. And then his business manager, Zach Hanavar, and um, and then Kate. Like, So it's the three of them that are co-founders. Created, they've raised money, but it doesn't matter. The point is, every few months they have 300 YouTubers, everywhere from new YouTubers to like seasoned YouTubers, but all really committed and passionate. Say you're like partnered with Creator Now, like maybe you even pay, maybe you had like a small budget to pay them as a brand sponsor. Say, what we'd like out of our partnership with Creator Now is for your passionate YouTube creators to like cut up our content so that we could space it out. And so you pay this thing and then you get like this drove of passionate people about YouTube that get really interested in your work. So you have this kind of like faux marketing slash editing. Like I'm telling you, if you're sitting on like Hollywood worthy content, like that top level content, and I feel, and you were trying to like essentially be like one of these fitness apps, you know, there's so many now. If you take away the the face of being a fitness app and instead just be content on YouTube, be a YouTuber, be a YouTube channel, like a faceless YouTube channel, be a faceless YouTube channel and just plug into everything YouTube, like the creator now or like Cam or whatever, whoever knows and just schedule that content and see what happens. I mean, not to say any number publicly, so don't say number, but like are the potential buyers with the pennies on the dollar, Is it even interesting, or is there something? Because I'm talking about the potential of passive longevity income.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I think that. I mean, that's honestly that there's there's something really exciting and compelling about that. Because um, you know the you know why why did I get involved in that business? Which, by the way, was a it was a client of mine that I you know ended up getting more involved and then really came on as a, a co founder. But the whole point is to reach people and help people. I mean, yes, it was to it was to, you know, build a business and, you know, maybe, you know, be as, you know, gazillion dollar business and things like that. But ultimately the whole driver was how do you reach people and help people? And so that's the value, like the, the, like the, the psychic value for me at this point is not that, you know, we made gazillions of dollars. It's that we created something that was able to help people. So if we still have that and can still help people.
0: Totally. But Dave, Listen, you and I both, we like wanna help people like crazy. That's our vibe. We're always like wanting to help people, you and I both. Let's just table that because we do too much helping. Like, we gotta get you your two mil back. You know what I mean? And like YouTubers are making a ton of, if when done right and when successful, they're making $2 million in their sleep. And if you do this the right way, like with people who actually understand the ecosystem of YouTube, you will make back your $2 million and more at least over two years if done right, right? You still have to like know how to build on, but there are so many faceless channels, like the how-to channels, like craft channels, if you get someone that can recut your things for a YouTube audience, because there's certain things in YouTube, you have to draw someone in, in the first few seconds, right? You have you have to have a someone who's a master at thumbnails. Thumbnails is an insanely essential part to be successful on YouTube. You have to so- have someone who truly understands titles. But if you could understand the core elements and then have the right team, like we could get you your two mil back and more and you're serving everyone but we are but you and i already know we are that i mean we don't default on heart so we gotta like you got to <laughs> lean more into the capitalism because you and I have on on lockdown. I like the capitalism side too. Yeah. All right.
1: This is uh this this is this is like episode 3 now. We're episode 3 is how did what did we do here? But no, I I'm it's intriguing. I we're is I'm, it, in. Though? It out. I'm like
0: I want to be inv- I'm excited. I'm like let me be a part of it. I'm like I'm so into YouTube <laughs> culture. I'm not I'm not into like being a YouTuber. I'm interested like one of the really interesting things happening with YouTube right now is they may heavily get into the podcast game. That's going to change the game in a huge way. And so like I just, YouTube as an ecosystem is fascinating. Like so I don't consider myself a YouTuber in the sense that like, I mean, I don't want to be famous in general. So I don't want to have YouTube fame. I don't want to have any fame, right? That part isn't. But the elements of it, the ecosystem, how much money these creators are making, how they build the, their companies, like how the dynamics of YouTube and how, you know, they ha- have so much reach and da-da-da. I mean, Mr. Beast, I, you know, Mr. Beast, one of the top I, YouTubers I in the world. I do know.
1: I know. I know Mr. Beast so much that my. 11 year old son who doesn't even do this kind of stuff knows that mr beast is someone out there even though he's never seen any of the content and uh um, and i like burgers too so i'm very intrigued by the idea of mr beast burgers so. see
0: he started all these offshoot businesses all because he is quote unquote a youtuber he has created a whole media production company that like rivals any hollywood studio you know so I'm the visionary fantasy person, but it just with everything that I know about YouTube, I feel like my gut feeling is your biggest block. I think marketing is hard and I think there's probably was a lot there that, you know, we all could have done. Like it's just marketing hard. But I actually think your biggest block conceptually is that you were an app and not a YouTube channel.
1: that's that's interesting because again the you know it's it's marketing is part of it but distribution is also part of it and youtube is you know is distribution i mean if you want to get in front of someone they're already there and without even spending money sometimes right because people are searching for stuff and that's a really I, i don't know all right this is a um we could probably go for hours if we had time to talk through all the mechanics of this but uh, i'm intrigued this will be a you will have to up on, on what we do here so
0: i mean look i feel like slightly emotionally invested in rebel considering i have your leafy green wall on my off op- so i feel like i'm channeling the spiritual energy of your old startup right <laughs> so well like- i like
1: i like that because so we're gonna so there's gonna be a successful U- youtube channel and someone is gonna come by see your yoga mat and be like how did you get a yoga mat from that awesome YouTube channel? And where right?
0: <laughs> yes, you can sell yoga mats. It. You can do the whole – I'm telling you. I'm, I, I don't know. I could be totally far out there, but I think there's something there. I just think there's – I think next step you get off of this podcast and you just make sure to register your name, your brand name, uh, you know, on your YouTube channel. I just – I don't know. I don't know. I think it's not done yet, but I think it needs to be done in a way where you're not running a company, like you're minimally involved because your life has moved on. But it doesn't mean that you can't still get a return on what you had done. Is it, That's where I'm thinking. I'm like, how do you delegate the pieces that are needed for that particular thing, but not be involved at all? Close to it all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love I'm so that. excited. I love it. All right. All right. Well, that's this right. is like, a, we have a whole, you, you said this was going to go in different directions and it definitely yeah. did. So <laughs> yeah,
0: I think, okay. So we'll, we'll start to wrap it up because we're going to have a whole thing focused on bioscience, which is what you do now. And it's such an iconic, I mean, you have a whole amazing story. We're not going to talk about it related to bioscience, but you have such an amazing story. I can't wait to share it. I can't wait to experience bioscience myself. um, just you're doing so much for even the area in Culver City, like I, you just as a community builder and just every ah, I'm obsessed with you. How can people connect with from, you? Wow, and- from
1: one from one from one community builder to another, that's that that <laughs> means a lot. So you are the original you, community builder. Come on, Aww. what are you talking about? You've like been building community forever.
0: <laughs> you always make me feel seen, Dave. Like I just feel so loved and supported and seen by you're like ah, I'm just. How can people connect with you? And what should they connect with you for?
1: Well, I'm on social. I'm not going to give you my social security number, but I am on social as DJ Whalen. That's DJ W H E L A N. Um, like the little side insider joke is that um, uh, I'm not a DJ, although I actually was a DJ in college—not like the scratching record kind of DJ, but like you know the classic rock, you know, radio DJ. But those are my actual initials. So David J Whalen, but DJ Whalen on all social except for. Except for Snapchat, where I'm something else, but I don't use Snapchat anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Or you can find Bioscience LA, which we'll talk about it. Uh, you know, at Bioscience LA. So those are pretty much exist everywhere. And why should they contact me? Um, you know, little spoiler alert: I'm, I'm building the life sciences community to help innovate healthcare, to help innovate biotech, medtech, digital health across the whole LA region. And so looking for companies, looking for funders, looking for people who want to come check out this content production studio we want to build in Culver City with your help is So we're going to make that happen. And and then the final little spoiler is, you know, we are in a former 20,000 or former 20,000 square foot, former courthouse in Culver City that still has a holding cell back from when it was a courthouse. So uh we're the only co working space that has a hold in cell. So that's our little uh, you know fun fact.
0: In case someone gets in trouble. Dave, thank it's you our, so our venture much. venture capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thank you so much for always hanging out with me and the We Are LA Tech podcast. I am so excited to do our part two. Technically, it's a part three because part one was rebel a few years ago. And now we're doing and then part two is like WTF happened. And then part three is like, welcome to bioscience. And so I'm so excited for that to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com community. That's we are LA Tech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you talk to you all the things in the next episode. Bye. Thanks, guys.
1: Hey, guys, this is Dave Whalen, CEO of Bioscience LA, building the life science ecosystem for Los Angeles based in Culver City. And you are listening to We Are LA Tech.